Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Askelson. We welcome you into Locked On Coyotes as we head into the end of week number three. And the Coyotes heading into a weekend that will wrap up uh, their short uh, two-game homestand. They've played three of the last four at Gila River Arena, but after this, they'll be on the road, a four-game road trip to the East Coast. But before they leave, they play a team coming from the East Coast who spent um, a lot of time recently out here west in the Ottawa Senators. We'll take a look at that game here in a moment. Uh, the updated five-on-five stats for the Coyotes, which I think are still just absolutely incredible. And then we take a look at uh, just looking at the roster again a little bit. A little update on Jordan Osterley. He seems to be okay. Uh, from the reports, it looks like he might be out. Uh, for a little bit, it definitely doesn't seem like he's going to be back playing tomorrow. It, it almost it guaranteed... Uh, and the team looking to figure out what they want to do with Jordan Osterley, whether they want to put him on IR to open up that roster spot to bring somebody up from Tucson, or if they're going to let him sit for a little bit and maybe uh, keep him on the roster and not have to bring anybody up. Um, So we'll see. I think uh, you're really early in the season to where it doesn't hurt to have a guy like Obviously, anytime you're dealing with a head and neck injury, it's, uh, you know, you're not going to really do any, you know, you're not going to put a player at risk. So um, I think you're going to definitely see uh, some time miss for Osterley. I don't know how much. It doesn't seem uh, too bad. Now, this comes from Craig Morgan, uh, his Twitter, and I quote Jordan Osterley, just walked through the hallway outside the locker room with a smile on his face. Rick Tocca confirmed he is in the concussion protocol, but he feels better today. Still a bit dizzy. The plan is to recall a D-man after Tucson's game tonight. Not sure who yet. End quote. Again, that's from Craig Morgan's Twitter. So, obviously the plan to let Osterley sit. He'll probably head to IR for a couple of games, free up that roster spot, and uh, we'll see what uh, goes from there. Um, also confirmed by Craig Morgan and a couple of other Coyote sources is uh, Auntie Ronta will start on Saturday. So another chance to get Ronta in, another chance to get Darcy Kemper some rests. And uh, just a guy who's played incredible, broke Nikolai Hollywood's record for most consecutive starts, allowing two goals or less. So definitely has earned the time off. And when you have... A backup goalie. It's so hard to say that because Antti Ranta could be a starter in this league. He, you got to think that if he doesn't get hurt uh, twice, pretty much, and then having that season-ending injury after coming back from the first injury last year, uh, things could look a little bit different in terms of the goaltending situation. But uh, for Arizona, they got two pretty much NHL-level starters, which uh, for some teams around the league is the envy. Is uh, they don't even have one NHL level start. I mean, you could look at a team like the Jets, I think uh, Connor Hellebuck, definitely not the way he's uh, played the last two years when he had his breakout season. It's been rough go for him. I think part of that is, is he has had, um, he's had a lot of, uh, not a lot of help defensively. They lost a lot of their defensemen, Josh Morrissey, pretty much um, their main guy, some whispers about Dustin Bufflin finally coming back, but we'll see how much he has left in the tank. So uh, the Coyotes, two NHL-level goaltenders, and uh, 
the envy of, of the league in terms of that category. And they are able to uh, they are able to do whatever they really want goaltending wise. Get Kemper some rest. Get Ronta some extra reps. Um, so it'll be interesting. Also, another quick note from today from Craig Morgan, Phil, uh, Phil Kessel, and Nick Schmaltz as he reports. Not on the ice for practice, along with Jordan Osele, who obviously off. Uh, no official word. There hasn't been any word that there's any injury, but, uh, and I quote, he says, I'm guessing the first two are maintenance days. So uh, I think just uh, some time off for uh, Phil Kessel, who's a little bit older, uh, and uh, Nick Schmaltz coming off that knee injury. Obviously, you want to ease him in. You don't want to push his body too much. And Nick Schmaltz has played fantastic so far. And so, uh, no need to get him uh, too much. I think for the Coyotes, uh, today's practice probably a little more of a, a lighter skate just to get out there, work out some of the kinks, and um, prepare for tomorrow. So, uh, but definitely not a be, not a bad idea to get back on the ice. The team is playing on the road. Their first big road trip of the year. They did go to Anaheim. They did go to Winnipeg. Pretty uh, interesting, especially compared to the last couple of years with how often uh, the Coyotes were hitting the road and so early in the last couple of years they put on the, the most miles of any team and now it seems that the schedule's starting to balance out a little bit. Uh, definitely a little weird usually when you go out on the road, you know, going to Anaheim and coming back is one thing, but going to Winnipeg and coming back uh, is another. So a uh, couple weird road trips uh, to is the way I would put it, but uh, things getting normalized out a little bit in terms of uh, how they travel. They go four games against the New York, New Jersey teams, and uh, included in that New York is Buffalo. That uh, kind of hard to remember that uh, if you're down here in Arizona in terms of, uh, you know, when you say New York teams, you think the Rangers, Islanders, Devils, but Buffalo still counts. It's still up there in upstate New York. So uh, big New York road trip, a chance to explore that state and hopefully for the Coyotes, able to pick up uh, some big wins as they march towards uh, into the second month. They're getting uh, pretty close. This month coming by pretty fast. Not too many days left in it. Is uh, 13 days left, and uh, the Coyotes will be on that road trip. They'll come back home to face Montreal on the 30th. So a team that. Uh, and we'll see how things go on that road trip. We'll break that down a little bit more. But the Coyotes, uh, that New York road trip last year was pretty much the end of their season. They took that final trip and, and struggled in New York and struggled in Carolina and struggled in New Jersey. And that pretty much uh, put put the nail in the coffin for Arizona. But um, for the Coyotes, a chance to take that road trip early. With most of your roster healthy, it'll be interesting to see who the defenseman comes up is for Osterle. But uh, a team that has had a relatively healthy year start to the year, which couldn't say the last couple of years, uh, on the right track as they get on the road. And if you plan to see them on the road in New York, or if you want to see them right before they leave tomorrow, the best place to find tickets, Vivid Seats. Now, Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace. And they're dedicated to finding you the tickets that you want and the prices that you want. You want to sit center ice, lower level? Cool, there's tickets there. You want the cheapest ticket you can find? Vivid Seats can get that for you. It's one of those where uh, Vivid Seats 
dedicated to finding you tickets to live events that make memories last a lifetime. So um, a memory that could last a lifetime is seeing the Coyotes really put it to the Senators. So the Senators played well. So if you want to get a chance to go out and not only see the Coyotes, but a, a young team that pretty much mirrors what the Coyotes were a couple years ago. A lot of good young talent, but just not there quite yet. So Coyotes almost getting a look, chance to look in the mirror. And you can get a chance to see them. Uh, through vivid seats and again it will be postseason the Houston Astros one win away from clinching their spot in the fall classic if you want to see the Nationals in the World Series obviously the Astros have to win so if they don't you can go get tickets for game six of the ALCS back in Houston or you can start booking your World Series plans if you do through vivid seats use a promo code postseason you could earn up to a hundred dollars off your next purchase once again that is postseason enter that at checkout or up to $100 off your order on Vivid Seats. Now I know I've been talking about this a lot uh, but I still think it's one of the more impressive things is the Coyotes numbers at five on five and I won't stop until they get back down to league average numbers which I don't know if they ever will and the last time we talked the save percentage was at 945 that's dropped to 935 but uh, just because the Coyotes only allowed 25 shots last night two goals in the last one hard one for Kemper to stop as Bonino tipped it in front but um, even though the save percentage goes down the Corsi 4 goes up they're controlling the game about 52.3 percent of the time uh, last time we talked about it goals expected goals four were at 1.5 now that's gone up to two uh, thanks to the, the last two wins, the league average is at 2.4. Now, this is the most interesting part. Um, the expected goals against, the Coyotes have given up four goals in the last two games, but that's only budged the needle in terms of that. Last time we talked, it was 0.5 goals expected, uh, goals against expected per game. It's now 0.7. So uh, for the Coyotes, a team that has controlled the game a lot, uh, since really the midway point of the of Tockett's second season last year, it just feels like they're a lot better at controlling the puck, dominating the game, dictating the pace, uh, and it shows. Right, numbers numbers don't lie, and uh, so, you know numbers don't always tell the story, but uh, they definitely don't lie when you look at them, and it shows that the Coyotes have done a great job uh, at even strength. Really, t- to be fair, their best. Um, it's it's been their best asset so far. I know the power play has scored five goals, but especially or five goals in the last two games. But this team five on five is so hard to play against. Um, they've allowed only eleven goals this year, uh, even though they've only scored sixteen. The league average uh, for both goals for and goals against is twenty one, um, so well below the league average in both categories unfortunately for the goals four part but they've scored a lot in the last couple of games i mean you take away those first two games and uh, 15 goals for the coyotes in the last four games which is pretty impressive that's just under a four goals a game clip which in the nhl will win you a lot of hockey games so gotta think if they put up another four or five spot on the senators their expected goals four are going to go way up and it's possible, though the Senators. Um, we'll get into this when we talk to them or talk about them in a little bit. But the Senators, they have only uh, they only lost to the Knights in a shootout last night, and Anders Nielsen looked fantastic. 
the Senators are playing in competitive games. It's definitely not the Senators team of last year that was just getting kicked around and Mark Stone wanted out and Matt Duchesne wanted out and a lot of guys not very happy in that organization. I think it's changed a little bit. Not that I think the 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 mood in terms of the expectation of the season. I think a lot of those players know that it's going to be a tough go, but definitely feels like it's it's on the upswing and it's not uh, one of those that you know there's no future. And and the thing about the Senators is they didn't have their draft pick this year, which is tough. But, or their uh, first-round draft pick, should I say. They gave that to Colorado to get Matt Duchesne. But they do have San Jose's first-round draft pick for this year, thanks to the Eric Carlson deal. So a draft that's a little more loaded now. Uh, that pick ended up being pretty high, uh, obviously. But the pick that they gave up to Colorado. But one of those things where this draft is a little bit deeper. A lot of people like this draft that uh, especially one through 31 is going to be pretty deep. So even though the Senators didn't get uh, the pick that they really could have got, uh, they could have helped. I'm not saying that it wouldn't have helped, but uh, they're going to get two uh, pretty solid picks. And even if the Senate or the Sharks that is do figure it out, which I think they will, uh, you still get uh, two picks in the first round and, the tough thing for the Sharks is they don't really have a lot of players that could be a first-round value in terms of uh, trades. I think that uh, maybe Ron Hainsey, if they're going to trade him at the deadline, he's 38, has a lot of experience, but um, I don't think they get a first pick. Maybe Nemestikov, uh, Nemestikov on a contract year, but I think his, uh, his situation is interesting. We'll get into that in a moment as well, but the Coyotes... Uh, five on five are just spectacular. A team that uh, deadly in all three phases of the game. And when you're talking about the perfect team, trying to figure out what the the perfect uh, situation is, how are you going to set up a team? This Coyotes team is is the one that you want to take a look at. It's a team that um, dominates the possession five on five, lethal on the power play, unreal on the penalty kill. They're so aggressive and. I think what's uh, interesting to me for that Coyotes penalty kill is it's been aggressive the entire time Rick Talk has been here. It's been predicated on pressing the puck, don't let anything easy get through. Uh, and for how aggressive they are, they're also very smart. There's not a lot of times where they get caught out of position and uh, they get burned because they're so aggressive. It's one of those where the Coyotes are not only aggressive, but when they go for it, they go for it. They're not pressing the puck and then thinking twice about going after it to poke it away. They, they do it. And because of that, I think it's uh, it puts a lot of pressure on opposing power plays. And a lot of penalty kills are okay with sitting back, defending the middle of the, the ice, not letting anything easy, let the goaltender make a bunch of saves. Coyotes, they're right after it. They get penalty kill opportunity after uh, penalty kill opportunity for shorthanded goals. And they keep converting now a little... Uh, tough at the moment in terms of that second power, uh, penalty kill unit in terms of who you want up front. Now last year it was, I would say, relatively easy. You had a, a guy like Josh Archibald. You had uh, Lawson Krause and Christian Fisher. and A lot of guys who, you know, you don't want to take anything away from those guys, but maybe not the highest skilled guys on that team. Whereas the Coyotes have a lot of top skilled guys now. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to put Keller out there, or Castle, or Schmaltz, or Stepan. Uh, you know, Soderberg's a good option. Uh, 
on that second penalty kill. But for Soderberg, I mean, he's starting to, to really put it together as well offensively. So a team that, uh, when they're not struggling on the second unit. I don't want to make it sound like that, but definitely uh, hard to put a guy out there knowing that they're really good offensively. And, you know, you've seen the way the Coyotes have blocked shots this year. They're willing to do it. Lawson Krause blocked a shot and got it to Soderberg as he buried the empty net last night. But you've also seen two block shots, one that um, banged up your defenseman, your top defensive defenseman pretty good, and another defenseman caught him in the next 17 seconds into the game. So I'm sure you like the guys blocking shots, but then you see that, and think of your coach talking maybe a tad worry about putting certain guys out there in defensive and uh, penalty kill situations just because you don't want them to get hurt. So, uh, But the Coyotes... Five on five, excellent numbers, and really, I think, uh, rounded out the, the best team in the West that I've seen. Um, Boston's still pretty fantastic all around, but I think the best all around team in the West, uh, the Arizona Coyotes, even though the record doesn't necessarily speak for it. Now, I think the Ottawa Senators, they're one of those teams that you really like to watch, and you know they're going to be bad, you know they're not going to win a lot of games, but they're so fun to watch they're so youthful and you can see where a lot of teams or a lot of a lot of people i wouldn't say are buzzing about them but you definitely see in a couple of years if they continue with where they're at they're able to shed themselves with some tough contracts um, they're going to be in a really good situation now you take a look at um, who they have on their roster i mean uh, nemestikov a guy in his contract year like we talked about i think It'll be interesting to see what they do if they want to hold on to him. If if he wants to stay there, maybe they can convince him that uh, things are, are building. Uh, Colin White, who's gotten some gotten some time as the number one center, uh, as he was drafted 21st overall in 2015. Uh, Connor Brown has played uh, pretty well. Nikita Zaitsev on that team as well. They got a lot of guys from Toronto uh, who are used to winning. And uh, even though some of these guys aren't necessarily the oldest, Connor Brown, 26, Zaitsev, he's 28. But you start to understand that, you know, you, you bring in guys that know how to win and they can help these guys get through some of the tough times, right? Even the, some of the, the best teams go through rough patches. I mean, it's hard to say that for Tampa Bay last year, but they experienced their rough patch in the first round. St. Louis, dead last place at the turn of the calendar year. Everybody knows. So a lot of winning teams go through tough patches, and this is going to be an extended tough patch for the Senators. Again, not a team that is going to be uh, in playoff contention this year or even next year. But when I mean, you talk two, three years down the line, I, I don't think it's impossible to say Ottawa's competing. I mean, they got... Eric Brandstrom, who they traded for, uh, who they got in that Mark Stone deal. He's only 20 years old. Um, this feels like the Coyotes, what they were three years ago in terms of uh, they started off really bad, not the way they wanted to start, a lot of injuries. And by the time they got everybody back, they were way out of the playoffs. But they competed really well. They competed hard. And they did a really good job of, preparing themselves for the next year. Now, they missed the playoffs uh, this la last season. I think a lot of, of it has to do with injuries, but I think for the Coyotes, uh, 
that's what you're going to see out of the Senators. You're going to see a team that struggles to win games, but is going to play hard. Uh, I think the only the only issue I think you look at in the future, and that obviously can change in a heartbeat, but uh, not a lot of goaltending help. A lot of young goaltending help. I mean, they have a couple down in the pipeline, including Arizona State's own Joey Decord, who uh, started the season off in the ECHL. But um, you got to think that, you know, in terms of goaltenders, the Senators, uh, that could be their biggest weakness uh, down the line. But I think they also, uh, not a bad idea to roll with Craig Anderson. Again, a guy who's won, who was on that team that was one goal away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals just four years ago. I mean, that's insane to think about. Uh, but for the Senators, it's about getting their young guys uh, ready to go and preparing them for the future. I think this future for the Senators is really bright. Uh, taking a look at uh, Joey Decord, he is uh, in Brampton in the ECHL. Not the best of starts. He's played two games. His goals against average 332, 892 save percentage. But got to think that's going to uh, change for a guy who played so well at ASU. Uh, but either way, the Senators a uh, little thin at goaltender, um, at least right now. But that can obviously change. Uh, look at their uh, again their five on five numbers. Which look, I. I I'm not the biggest stats guy in terms of I'm more of the eye test guy, and I don't I don't like to use these as the narrative. I think for the in the Coyotes case, the numbers fit the narrative, so it's appropriate to use them. The numbers obviously don't fit the narrative of uh, the Ottawa Senators. I think just in in terms of uh, what they you know, what their record says and all that. But um, I think it definitely shows that this team is not on the wrong track. You don't look at their five-on-five five numbers and say, okay, this team's really getting uh, overworked. And uh, save percentage at 916, which is above league average at five-on-five. Five. I think the biggest telling number they're Corsi for is 44.5. So, um Really difficult uh, when you're when you don't have the puck for nearly 56% of the game when you don't have the puck and you're chasing the game. Not the best look, but um, their penalty kill at 80%, uh, just a tick above league average. So right in that in that league average range. The uh, biggest uh, part though that you take a look at zero percent on the power play, no power play goals and 21 chances. Uh, league average for Power play chances is um, is 23. Um, you look at the Coyotes; they've scored uh, five power play goals and 17 opportunities. So, uh, just shows how lethal that power play is. But with the Senators, uh, I think you look five on five, and they compete and they play really well. But when it gets into the special teams uh, aspect, they're average on the penalty kill. They don't have a power play goal yet, and I think that's where you start to see. Uh, that's where you start to see it kind of drop off. And again, it's uh, no power play goals, an average penalty kill. You don't have the puck for nearly 56% of the game. Just a lot of those factors going in. So if the Senators are able to kind of do what the Coyotes did in the last couple of years and find those players that can control the puck, really start to dominate and dictate the pace of the game. And I know that is true for a lot of teams, but the Senators have the talent. It's just about playing well together and, and finding a way to 
get things uh, put together here in the next couple of years. So um, the Senators, on the other hand, are though are going to have to try and fi- figure a way to put it out, put it together against the Coyotes. They've had a tough game against the Knights. I think the Knights are. I don't want to say overrated. I think they're definitely a really good team, but I think a lot of people, the Knights are the darling of the league. I think uh, from their Stanley Cup run a couple years ago, a lot of people think that they're going to go back and do it. I just, I just don't see it. I don't think they're solid enough on the back end. I mean, Ottawa, they gave up a lot of shots, but they had nearly 40 shots last night as well. So uh, Vegas has to clean up that back end, but they played well against a really good Vegas team, a lot of, a team that a lot of people think are going to be um, the Western Conference champions. So the Senators going to try and put a game plan together for that to take on the Coyotes tomorrow. Um, that'll be it for me for this week. We'll come back Monday. We'll talk about that Senators game. Hopefully have some better news on Jordan Osterley. Um, and hopefully those five-on-five stats improve so I can gush about them just a little bit more. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it is at S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. Once again, that is at S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O underscore Coyotes. Once again, that is at L-O underscore Coyotes. Appreciate you tuning in. Hope you have a great weekend. Hope you're able to catch the game on Saturday. And hope you stay locked on, Coyotes.